Welcome to the Faith Talk podcast. We're excited you are listening today. Prepare to be challenged and inspired through today's episode. We pray that every fear is dispelled and your faith is increased as you hear the word of God. Now, let's listen in with our host, Caleb Schaefer. Thankful tonight that every chain, every chain and every shackle is broken in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah came to this place tonight chained up shackled up bound up in something you don't have to leave that way you can be set free tonight hallelujah praise the Lord well I'm so grateful to be here with you tonight and to be sharing from the Word of God this evening I have I preached Friday and sang down in a a field in Old Town there was a a camp, a family camp down there, and was down there, and then last night I preached and sang up at the Heinemann campground, and uh, there are people who are hungry, there are people who are hungry, and they're thirsty for the word of the Lord, and I'm just so grateful that uh, God spoke to souls and, and saved souls both nights, and and he's doing a work, I believe, in this area, and he's igniting the fires of revival. He's igniting the fires of revival. I thought maybe I'd get more than two amens, but that's all right. He's igniting the fires of revival. And uh, we are in this season that is unlike any season that we've ever been in before. People who have lived, you know, even 60, 70, 80 years are saying this is unlike anything that I've ever seen before. People who have decades on some of us who are who are ministering up here on the platform tonight, are saying this is different than anything we've ever experienced before. There, there are people who have lived through wartime, and there are people who have lived through uh, difficult seasons, and, and they've never seen anything like this before. And uh, I encourage you tonight that, that this is a time not to, not to be playing around, not to be playing church, not to be playing games, but to really lock in. And uh, I'm thankful tonight to be here. I'm thankful for our pastor. Can we thank God for Pastor Stevie? Just, he's been firing off some messages on Sunday mornings, and I just, I'm so appreciative of him and appreciative of, of this house where the Spirit is free to move because you can't get this everywhere. I've been a lot of places, and you can't get this everywhere. This is, this is something rare People go to church all year and don't feel what we feel in one service here. It's true. It's true. People have gone to church their whole lives and don't receive what we receive in one service here. And we need to not take it for granted. Um, but this season that we're living in is, uh, it's completely different than anything we've ever experienced before. And, and it's not just here in the United States. This coronavirus pandemic has, has swept the globe, and it's a global thing. And, and I know it's spiritual because it is a global thing. I know that there are spiritual implications because it is a global thing. If, if it was just the United States where th certain things were happening, I would be able to say, well, that's just our government. And a lot of the time we like to blame the government here and who's in, in office and everything like that. But it is far greater than anything uh, that, that is localized into one country because I'm getting messages from, from uh 
Australia where they are censoring all conservative voices over there. They're shutting down every single conservative news outlet, conservative YouTube channels just like here, and, uh, and the progressive communist uh, agenda, the antichrist agenda is being propagated to people, and so they're, they're shutting everything down that, that would uh, go against the progressive ideology. Not only that, but in France, you have to have the vaccine now in order to go get groceries. Crazy. You have to have the vaccine in order to go get groceries, and you have to have proof of the vaccine. Now, hear me out on this because I, I'm, I, I said this last night. The vaccine, I do not believe, is the mark of the beast, okay? I don't believe the vaccine is the mark of the beast. If you got the vaccine, you're not going to hell. It's okay. But they're laying the framework for the mark of the beast. They're laying the framework for this, this, uh, the mark of the beast to be put out there for people to say, you can't go get groceries unless you have the mark of the beast. We're not going to let you in the grocery store. And that's what's happening. The grocery store, there are people at the grocery store doors in France right now. If you do not have the vaccine, you don't go in. And that's how it's going to be with the mark of the beast. So we're seeing the framework laid out. Um, and, and Israel and Iran, if you're paying attention to anything that's going on over there, Iran has been shooting uh, Israel tank, Israeli tankers. Iran has been shooting Israeli planes with Russian missiles. And if you know anything about the alliances that take place at the very end, you know Russia and Syria and Iran and Turkey are all in an alliance and that's what's taking place right now and they gang up on Israel. So we're right there. We're right there. And the point that I'm trying to make is this is no time to back down. This is no time to back down. We need to go for broke. We need to go for broke. We need to make up our mind and set our jaw. Listen, I don't know if we have decades left. I don't know if we have years or months or weeks. But with whatever time we have left, we've got to use it to the best of our ability to reach lost souls and to bring people back into the kingdom. I said back into the kingdom. Because there are a lot of people who were here before the pandemic that aren't here right now. And some of the people who the whole time during the pandemic were coming to us and saying, when can we go back inside? When can we get back inside? When can we have church inside? Well, we're having church inside. There are certain ones that were coming to us almost every week. We want to have church inside. Where are you? It's time to get real. It's time to get right. And I want us to turn to Matthew chapter 11 and verse 12. Matthew chapter 11 and verse 12. And this is a very familiar verse. And you're, you're going to recognize it immediately. Matthew 11 and 12. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of God has suffered violence and the violent take it by force. 
From the days of John the Baptist till now, the kingdom of God suffers violence and the violent take it by force. Every single person I've talked to in the last three or four weeks has felt a stirring in their spirit. Every single person I've talked to for the last month has felt some sort of uneasiness and unrest in their spirit. There is a stirring going on. You can't sleep at night. You can't eat right. There's just this anxious feeling, almost like you're waiting to get bad news. And I see heads going, yes, it's spiritual. This is on a spiritual level that, that something is going on in the spirit. And I believe with all of my heart that this verse is going to come into play here in the next weeks, months, and years. We have got to be ready. And I'm not talking physical violence because the Bible tells us that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. We need to be ready to fight in the spirit. And a lot of people have not been fighting in the spirit. A lot of people People have been sitting lackadaisical because of the pandemic and and we've kind of sat back and relaxed a little bit now that things have opened back up but we've got to be ready and we've got to hit our knees and fight in the spirit anyone with any sort of discernment or spiritual awareness feels something is off something's happening something's going on right now in the spirit there is a battle raging This is a fight, and you are in a war. 1 Timothy 6.12 says, fight the good fight of faith. You are in a war. You are in a battle, and the minute that you got saved, you signed up for the battle. The minute you came and you bowed your knee at an altar, you signed up for the battle. And I think that a lot of the time we do people a disservice when they get saved because we make them think that everything's going to be just fine, and and the walk with the Lord is, is a great thing. It really is, and we're so blessed. We really are, but we don't tell people about the battle that they're entering into. We don't tell people very often that you're going to have to fight a fight of faith. And I've come here tonight to expose the devil because you have an adversary. You have an enemy. Why would you have to fight a good fight of faith if there was no enemy? Why would you have to fight a good fight of faith? You don't go into a fight unless there's someone to fight. You don't go into a fight unless you have an enemy. And I came here tonight to tell you, you have an enemy and he's raging. First Peter 5, 8 says, be sober and vigilant because your adversary the devil roams about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Notice there what God said. He didn't say my adversary the devil. He said your adversary the devil. Jesus Christ defeated the devil 2,000 years ago on the cross and God said he's your adversary. He's your adversary. There's a devil on the loose. There's a devil who's trying to take out your family. There's a devil who's trying to take out uh, your life. He's trying to snuff out your witness. There's a devil who's trying to pull you down, trying to beat you down. There is a devil after you. There's a devil after your family. And I want to tell you tonight, uh, I didn't come here to play around. The devil is not some far off devil in a third world country. The devil's not some far off demon over yonder with some sort of uh, attack on some sort of tribe in some 
third world country. No, no, no. The devil isn't just in the government. The devil just isn't in Hollywood. The devil's right here. The devil's right where you're at. And the devil wants to fight you. The devil's waiting for you when you go home tonight. The devil's waiting for you when you get in your car tonight. The devil's waiting for you and he's trying to pull you down. He's trying to pull you back. He's trying to attack your family. He's trying to attack your mind. He's trying to attack your health. There's a devil loose and he's after you. He's after you. He wants to mess up your family. He wants to mess up your job. He wants to mess up your church. He wants to mess up your finances. He wants to mess up your, 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 uh, your country. And I believe with all of my heart that the devil is waging one last war against the believers. I believe that he's waging war against the believers one more time. And I believe that we need to be honest with each other. And we need to say that this is a battle. This is a fight that we're in. And if you're just coasting and you're just rolling on and not fighting back and you're not pushing back against the enemy, you're not winning the fight. You're not fighting the good fight of faith. This is a daily battle. We've got to be on our knees every single day fighting the good fight of faith. We've got to be living our witness every single day fighting the good fight of faith. We do a disservice to people by not letting them know in the church that they're in a fight. And I love when people get saved. I love when people get on fire for God. And it seems like they get saved and then things are going great for a little while. There's, there's sort of this phase where they're riding a spiritual high. But then all of a sudden, the trials start to come. And we've got to teach people how to fight. We've got to teach people how to fight. We've got to fight the good fight of faith. Faith is one of the only things in the Bible that God says to fight for. Did you know that? Faith is one of the only things in the Bible that God says to fight for. There are so many other times in the Bible where God says things like, fear not, stand firm, the Lord will fight for you. He'll say so many things like, like be still and know that I am God. He'll say, you won't need to fight this battle because the battle belongs to me. But here, in this day and age, you have to fight a war for faith. You're in a war for faith. You signed up for a war and the devil put a target on you the minute you got saved. The very second that you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, the devil put a target on you. He hates you. He hates your family. He hates everything about you because you serve the Lord, because you worship the Lord. He hates you with everything that is inside of him. He is after you. The devil is not trying to get you to stub your toe and say a cuss word. The devil is not trying to get you to have a bad day. Satan wants your soul. He wants the souls of those around you. We've painted Satan as this little cartoon figure. We've painted Satan as this little, little funny guy with a, 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 a pointy tail and, and a little, little horns and a pitchfork. And we've painted him in cartoons as this cute, little, this cute little guy that we could just flick off of our shoulder if we wanted to. But there's a real devil and he's on the loose and he's after you.
He wants to cause you to lose faith. He wants to cause you to lose faith. He wants you to lose faith. He wants you to give up hope and he wants you to walk away from God. That's the game the devil's playing right now. That's the game the devil's playing right now. His next move is not to just mess up your car or, or cause something to break down in your house. His next move is to try to get you to lose faith, to try to get you to doubt God to the point that things keep happening and things keep going and progressing and you just keep seeing things get worse and worse until the point that you walk away from God and say, I don't believe in God anymore. That's what the devil wants. That's what he wants. And that's what he wants for your family and the people that you care about. The devil wants to damage and diminish your faith until you walk away from God. He wants to weaken your faith and he wants to come after your soul. He wants to come after your family's souls. He wants to come after the souls of the people that you're in authority over. He is after souls and he is pulling no stops. He is putting it all out there right now. He's making sure that every single thing that he can possibly do to deter the Christian, to deter people from coming to the house of God, to deter people from walking in the faith. He's doing everything he possibly can to distract people right now. He's doing everything he possibly can to pull people away from God. Every little thing, he plants seeds little by little and one by one, he's planting seeds. He's showing you things. He's saying things to you and you might be outside in the store. You might be sitting down watching TV and all of a sudden a seed will be planted. Listen church, there is no time like the present to be in the word of God more than ever. We need to be on our knees more than ever because the devil is coming after the big guns. He's coming after the strong Christians. He's coming after the ones that everybody thinks are strong and are standing firm in the faith. That's who he's coming after. He's not messing around. He's not messing around and I don't know what it will take for people to wake up in the body of Christ. I don't know what it will take for people to wake up in the body of Christ. I've seen ministers in the last year and a half, two years, that I thought were strong men and women of God, that I thought were leading the charge, and they have stumbled and they've gone completely off the path. People resigning from positions, saying I don't believe in God anymore. People leaving their post, saying I'm not serving God anymore. People who stood up in Bible college and gave their testimony are posting on Facebook now. It was all a lie. I never meant any of it. I don't know what I was doing in Bible college. And they're walking away from the faith. I'm not just talking talking about they're not going to church anymore. I'm not just talking about they're not praying and they're not, they're not seeking God. I'm talking about they're walking away from the faith entirely, renouncing Jesus Christ. That's the game the devil's playing. There's a real devil on the loose. There's a real devil on the loose. And he's after every single one of us. And the Bible tells us that God's going to have to shorten the days because if it were possible, even the very elect would be deceived. If the very elect could be deceived, 
What makes us think that any one of us might not be? We've got to get real. We've got to get right. And this is one of the reasons we preach so hard against sin in this church. Because this hyper grace is so dangerous. This super grace is so dangerous. It is terrible. The devil takes one little bit at a time. He takes one little thing at a time. And he, he causes you to compromise one little bit at a time. And people don't want to hear it. Well, well, it's not that bad. And, and it's not that big. And we get accused all the time of being legalistic. We get accused all the time of being a cult because we preach so hard against sin. We get accused, we get called all sorts of things because we preach so hard against sin. And people say, well, it's just a little alcohol. Well, it's just a little drugs. Well, it's just a little porn. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. The devil starts out with a little bit and it progresses to big. It progresses to a whole lot. And pretty soon you're bound up. People say, well, I don't do it every day. I just do it once in a while. Yes, you're still bound up in it. If if you're doing it once in a while, if you're not doing it every day, guess what? You're still bound up in it. Let me tell you the truth tonight. Let me tell you the truth tonight. You don't have to do it every day to still be bound up. If you keep going back to it, you're bound up. I'm tired of this hyper grace movement. Grace means unmerited favor. A lot of people want to think grace only means unlimited forgiveness. But grace means unmerited favor. And you know what I had to realize in my own life? Sometimes getting called out and getting caught is the grace of God. It's the grace of God that he doesn't let you go too far and he catches you in something and has somebody call you out on something. It's the grace of God that he doesn't let you keep walking on in your sin and he pulls you back in. And yes, it's uncomfortable. And yes, it's painful. But it's the grace of God that he doesn't let you walk on into the enemy's territory and completely renounce your faith. Let's talk about unmerited favor. That's unmerited favor to me. That's unmerited favor to me. When God sends somebody in your life who loves you enough to tell you the truth, that's unmerited favor. Because if God didn't love you, he would just let you go on in it. If God didn't love you, he wouldn't send anybody to call you out on it. We need to get it right in the church. Grace is a whole lot more than unlimited forgiveness. And I do believe God forgives. And I do believe that if you go to God and you repent and have a truly repentant heart, he pours out that grace and he pours it out freely. He pours out that grace so much that it's scandalous if you go to God and you repent. Uh, but let me tell you something, just going on and sinning because we can say we have grace, that's not it. No, no, we've got to get to the altar and we've got to begin to repent because there's a devil loose and he's after you and your family. Holiness and righteousness have become abnormal. And I don't mean just in the world. I mean in the church. Holiness and righteousness have become abnormal in the church. And preachers of holiness and preachers of righteousness have been labeled all sorts of things, all sorts of hateful things, because it makes people uncomfortable when you come after their sin. They don't want to hear about it. They don't want to hear about their sin. They don't want to hear that they're wrong. 
And we've raised a whole generation, several generations of people who can't take correction, who can't take any reprimand, who can't take anybody telling them, hey, listen, you're out of line here. You need to get back in line. But I can tell you, if you've ever been out of line and God's ever corrected you or sent somebody to correct you, you will thank him for it later. One day you'll stand in heaven and you'll say, thank you, God, that you didn't let me go too far. Thank you, God, that you didn't let me walk away. Thank you, God, that you pulled me out. It was embarrassing at the time. It hurt at the time. It didn't feel too good at the time, but I thank you, God, that you stopped me. And we've got to have a generation of preachers that will rise up and begin to tell people, listen, sin is still sin, and sin is wrong, and you need to knock it off. Get out of sin. Get out of sin. I don't care what you have to do to get out of it. People are bound up and addicted to things. People are tied up in things. And they will not do what it takes to get out of it. If you really want to be free, if you really want to be set free, you'll do what it takes to get out of it. But don't tell me you want to be free if you're still messing around in it, if you're sneaking around trying to get it, if you're sneaking around trying to get the drugs, if you're sneaking around trying to get the alcohol, if you're sneaking around trying to sleep around, if you're sneaking around and you got porn on your phone, don't tell me you're trying to be free. Get rid of it. Get rid of it. Why do we give God lip service? He sees it all. God sees everything. We tell God, oh, I want to be free. I want to be free. And then we chase the sin as soon as we leave church. We have done everyone a disservice if we let them think that we're not in a battle and we're not in a fight and you've got to begin to fight. We're labeled radicals, we're labeled fundamentalists, we're labeled legalists, and church has churches all over the United States and the world have started calling evil good and good evil. They've called wrong right and right wrong, and we're bigots and we're hateful because we still preach sin is sin, and we ought to stay away from it. But let me tell you something, somebody's going to thank God one day when they get to heaven and they don't end up in hell because somebody told them their sin was sin and they weren't allowed to go on in it if they wanted to make it to heaven. The Bible tells a story. Jesus went across the sea with his disciples to the land of the Gadarenes. The land of the Gadarenes was full of Hellenistic Jews. They were Jews, but they loved the Greek ideology as well. They were God's people but they loved the world around them as well. So they began to adopt the, the Greek gods and the, the Greek methods of sacrifice. And they began to adopt the Greek ideas. And they began to raise pigs, which under the Old Testament law, they weren't even allowed to be near pigs. They weren't even allowed to be around pigs because they were unclean. And the Hellenistic Jews began to raise pigs in order that they could sacrifice them to the Greek gods. And we find a man who was bound up in the graveyard. And when Jesus said, who are you? He said, I am legion, for we are many. 
And the demon spoke up and said, send us into those pigs over there. That didn't happen overnight that the Jews fell prey. It happened little by little, and they adopted a progressive theology. They adopted a liberal theology. Listen to me, church of the United States of America. They adopted a liberal theology, and because of it, there were demons running rampant, and because they started to let little things in that they were supposed to stay away from, the demons ran rampant, and these people were, were in, in such turmoil and and such, they were so bound up. This man was so full of demons. And when Jesus set the man free, they weren't thankful. They weren't happy. They were mad because their pigs ran into the water off the cliff. We've called it weakness where God calls it wickedness. And we've called it struggle where God calls it sin. We've put these cute little names on things to make people feel okay about what they're doing but it's sin and it's wickedness and it comes right out of our hearts. We've got to get our hearts right. If you could see in the spirit the very things that people are messing around with, if you could see that demonic entity that is plaguing you and tormenting you, you wouldn't want it around for one more second. If you could see it in the spirit, if, you, if God would open your eyes, there's a real devil and there are real demons that are pulling at you. We are in a war and we've got to fight. Where we're at in society didn't happen overnight. It's a gradual decay. It's a gradual decay, just like those people in the Gadarenes. It's a gradual decay. And I believe it started even before they took prayer out of the schools. People say, people use that as a, as a demarcation point a lot of the time. But this started way before because it, it's, it was in somebody's heart to take prayer out of the schools. And there was a movement in the spirit. There was a movement, the antichrist spirit uh, that, that, that wants God completely out of government and wants God completely out of the education system. It was moving even before then. And there are subtle changes uh, that cause disintegration of morals and values. And pulpits have dodged the truth for years. We become seeker sensitive and user friendly. We refuse to preach on sin because we want to preach, uh, we want to be be inclusive to everybody. We want everybody to love us. We want to have a big following on Facebook. We want to have a big following on YouTube. We want to have a big following all over social media. Preachers want to have the most likes. And it's like in the, in the old days when they used to have the tent revivals. Everybody was worried about who had the biggest tent. Everybody was worried about who could seat the most people under their tent. And we've just shifted it to social media. Well, I've got this many likes on social media. How many people do you have attend in your church? How many people are coming to your church and preachers are running around tallying numbers and worrying about who's attending and who's watching their services online. Meanwhile, people are going to hell. Meanwhile, people aren't hearing the gospel. Meanwhile, people are going on in their sin thinking that it's okay. People are entrapped and ensnared by Satan and they're going to hell. If your pastor won't preach on sin, you should probably ask him which ones he's involved in. We've got preachers behind pulpits living in sin. And I'm not talking that they slipped up. I mean they're living in it. Entire denominations putting their stamp of approval on it. 
saying we don't care what kind of life you live. You can be behind our pulpit anytime. Entire denominations. There's an entire denomination that just came out against Israel. Just came out against Israel and said that they are occupiers of the Gaza Strip. They need to get out of there. They don't need to build any more settlements. That's not their land. There's a whole denomination. If they're not reading the Bible, I came here tonight to tell you sin is still sin, and there's a devil loose, and he's after the people of God. He's already got the people out in the world. He's already got them. He's after us. He's after us. Adultery, fornication, pornography, drugs, drunkenness, sorcery, witchcraft, and I'm talking about tarot cards and and crystals and spells and calling psychics. I'm talking about gossip and gluttony and backbiting and tail bearing and tongue wagging. That's all still sin. The Bible called it sin and God has not changed his mind about it. And we need to start telling people, listen, sin is still sin and we need to get out of it ourselves because I think that's a lot of the reason that people don't want to talk about it. I think that's a lot of the reason people don't want to tell somebody about their sin because they're afraid somebody's going to call them out on their own. Church of of Christ, we've got to stand up. We've got to get right. And we've got to begin to tell people. We've got to fight the good fight. We've got to fight the good fight of faith. We've got to fight this fight. We don't have much time left. And if we don't fight it now, there's no cavalry cavalry coming to to save us. There's nobody going to step in and do it for us. This remnant, this people who are fire baptized, this people who are blood bought and who believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and believe that every word in this book is true. This people, if we don't do it, no one else is going to do it. They're not going to get it from the news media. They're not going to get it from the education system. The government's not going to stand up and tell them nobody else is going to do it unless the blood-bought, fire-baptized church of Jesus Christ stands up and takes her place and tells people, there is still a devil and he's after you, but I got good news. There's still a Jesus and the cross still works and the blood still works and you can be free. A lot of the time we want to deal with the, the, just the symptoms of sin. We want to try to counsel it out of people. We want to try to, try to you know, help people along and, and try to cover it up. And, and God wants to get down to the root of the problem. Jesus cursed it at the root. And there are too many people playing games with the devil. And we've tried to address the symptoms of sin. We've tried to address the outcroppings of sin. But if a tree's diseased, You cut it down at the root. You don't go plucking leaves off of it. And a lot of the time in the church, we've been plucking leaves, pulling leaves off a tree when we've got to cut it down at the root. We've got to begin to fight this fight. The devil's after your soul. And it's time to get mad. It's time to get mad, church. I know everybody just wants to sit back and kind of take it easy and, and, and it's time to get mad. 
If you're ever going to get mad at anything, get mad at the devil and get mad now. If you saw what the devil was trying to do to your family, if there was a thief, a robber that came to your house and took a bunch of your belongings and you caught him, you stood in between him and the door before he got to leave the house, well, you'd be mad. And the devil's doing the exact same thing in the spirit to your family. The devil's stealing from your family. The devil's after your family. The devil's after your soul. We have to destroy certain things because if not, they'll destroy us. And I've got news for you, church. We can't wait until we feel like it. You can't wait till you feel like it. You can't wait till you feel like getting right. You can't, can't wait till you feel like fighting. You'll never feel like it. The devil will make sure of it. The devil will make sure you feel lazy. The devil will make sure you feel tired. The devil will make sure you don't feel like coming to church. The devil will make sure of it. But we got to make up in our minds, no matter how my flesh feels, I'm going to fight this fight. I'm going to fight this fight of faith. You can't wait till you feel like it. You've got to make yourself fight. You've got to fight for faith and fight against sin. Get rid of it. Get rid of it. Jude chapter 1, verses 3 and 4 says, Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. Earnestly contend for the faith. Earnestly. You've got to fight for it. You've got to fight for it with everything you have in you. And then he goes on to say, for there are certain men crept in unawares who were before of old ordained to this condemnation, ungodly men, turning the grace of God into lasciviousness and denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. Doesn't that sound like what's going on today? Turning the grace of God into lasciviousness, denying God, denying Jesus Christ, We've got to contend for the faith against this. We've got to fight for it. 1 John 3.8 says this. He that committeth sin is of the devil, for the devil sinneth from the beginning. For this purpose was the Son of God made manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. So we've got somebody on our side fighting with us. We've got somebody on our side fighting with us. God didn't leave us alone. He didn't, he didn't leave you by yourself to contend for the faith. He didn't leave you by yourself to fight. Not only did he not leave you by yourself, he didn't send some second-rate helper. He didn't send some, some, some plan B, some, some B-string helper. He sent himself. It says, for this reason, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. And we've got to begin to fight. Got to tell the devil, get out. Got to get the devil out. Get the devil out of your house. I don't know what that is for you. I don't know what it means for you. It might mean unplugging the TV. It might mean getting rid of, getting rid of I don't know, whatever's in your refrigerator. Whatever alcohol you got. Whatever it is. It might mean 
throwing the cigarettes away. I know we don't preach on cigarettes a lot, but if you're smoking, I heard a message from A.A. Allen. He said, you wonder why your kids are sick? Well, keep bringing those cancer sticks into the house. The old preachers used to tell the truth about things. If it means you gotta, you gotta get rid of your phone and go back to a flip phone that only dials numbers. I'm serious. I'm serious. The devil is after you. He's after your family. He's after the people that you're supposed to reach. See, it ain't just about you. God wants to use you to reach everybody around you. And the devil wants to keep you so bound up, you won't. We gotta fight this fight. But Jesus said this, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and the recovering of sight to the blind and to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. He came to heal the broken heart. He came to set the captives free. He opened the prison doors for us to be able to walk out. And he is with you right now. And he will help you fight this good fight of faith. He is with you in the battle. He is right there. He will give you the strength. He will give you the endurance. He will give you what you need. Because we need to be reaching out to the lost church. And in order for us to do that, we got to get free ourselves. We've got to be walking in freedom ourselves and we need to go out because there's a lost and a dying world out there that needs to hear about Jesus Christ because time is so short. Time is so short. Time is so short. We don't have time to waste. We don't have time to waste. We've wasted a lot of time. Churches have wasted a lot of time. The American church, we've wasted a lot of time worrying about light shows and fog machines, and we've wasted a lot of time worrying about who has the best music. We've wasted a lot of time worrying about which preacher can get on TV. We've wasted a lot of time. And at the end of the day, none of it's going to matter. None of it's going to matter. When you realize nothing matters except for your relationship for the Lord and the things you did for him. When you get to heaven, nothing else is gonna matter. Nothing else is gonna matter. Your 401k, how much money you've got in the bank, your stocks, none of that's gonna matter. How big of a house you lived in, how nice of a car you had, how many friends you had. If you left them all here behind, it's not gonna matter. But what we do for the Lord and whether we take people with us and our relationship with him, that's what's gonna stand at the end of the day. And we've got to be prepared because a lot of people I think are gonna be disappointed when they get to heaven and they've been living for all sorts of things and they've been focused on all sorts of things. Listen, even our ups and down so won't really even matter because when we get to heaven it's just going to be our relationship with God and what we did for him did we bring anybody else with us did we help anybody else along did anybody else say the sinner's prayer because we told him about Jesus was there anything that we did for the Lord or will everything just be gone because nothing else matters
Hallelujah. 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 We stand your feet tonight. We've got to begin to fight. We've got to begin to fight. If you've been sitting by idly, if you've been not pushing back in the, in the spirit, if you've not been fighting the fight of faith, now's the time. We don't have time to waste. We don't have time to waste. Don't fall victim to the devil's tactics. He's trying to grab at Christians. He's trying to pull Christians. He's trying to make you give up on the faith. If you take a look around, there are a whole lot of people who were here 18 months ago who aren't here any longer. And I don't mean they passed away. I mean they walked away. They walked away. The devil is trying his very best to get people to walk away. And so I encourage you tonight, begin to fight on your knees. Begin to fight the good fight of faith. Begin to war in the spirit. There is no time to waste. No time to waste. I'm going to ask a question tonight. It's a very simple question. Are you saved? Are you saved? I don't mean you prayed a prayer a long time ago or you went to Sunday school as a little kid. I don't mean any of that. I mean, do you know in your heart that you're saved? Because if not, if there's any question, you need to make sure before you leave the building tonight. I'm going to open these altars for anybody who says I need to be saved. But I'm also going to open these altars for anybody who says I've not been fighting the good fight of faith. I'm messing around in sin. Maybe you're not messing around in sin. Maybe you're just kind of coasting along. Whatever the reason, if you need to get to this altar tonight, you feel that tug on your heart, move now. Move now. The altar's open. If you need to be saved, move now as well. Hallelujah. Come forward. There's no time like the present. Say, I haven't been fighting the way that I need to be fighting. I haven't been doing my best job. I've been been just kind of letting the devil beat me, beat me up. Come on down to the altar. We're not going to shame anyone. It's not what we're here for. Not going to embarrass anyone. But we need to get in the fight. We need to get in the fight. fighting this fight of faith I'm weary tired, I'm worn out 
there's coming a day. There's coming a day. A day of reckoning. A day when the accounts will be settled. And what we've done for the Lord is the only thing that's going to matter. Our relationship with Him is the only thing that's going to matter. And I think we all need to get to work. We all need to get to work. If you're going hard, go harder. If you haven't been doing anything for the Lord, it's time to step up. It's time to get to work. We're in a fight. The devil's after you. He's after your family. He's a very real devil. Very real devil. Tonight, I want to pray a sinner's prayer tonight for anybody in the building who says, you know what, I need to. I need to accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I'm going to ask everybody in here who's, who's a believer to say this prayer along with me. If you need to pray this prayer, commit your life to the Lord if you're not saved. Pray this prayer along with us. Say, Father God, I come to you in the name of Jesus. I believe he's your son, that he died on the cross, that he rose again. I believe his blood has the power to cleanse me. So wash me clean. Forgive me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and help me to live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer, don't leave this place without coming to see one of us. I also want to pray for everybody who's been in the fight. It's been in the war. It's a real war. It's a real war. And maybe you don't even know that you're in a war. But I want to pray for everybody in this place. Father God, tonight, for every single person, every single person, God, I pray that you would strengthen us for the fight. Help us to fight the good fight of faith. Help us to not give up and help us to not fall prey to the enemy's tactics. God, I pray tonight for anyone that's bound up in any sort of sin, God, that the chains would be broken off of their lives. In the name of Jesus, I plead the blood. Satan, the blood is against you tonight, and you must take your hands off of the child of God. I bind temptation tonight. I bind desires that are not from God. In the name of Jesus, and God, I thank you for stepping in and sweeping in the house clean. I thank you for a clean sweep, God. In the name of Jesus, God, cleanse us. Prepare us for revival. Prepare us, God, for the outpouring that you have for us. Prepare us, God, to be vessels clean with holy hands that we can lift them high. And God, that we can be witnesses here in the earth for you, Jesus. God, clean up our witness. I said clean up our witness. 
God calls us to live righteous lives out in front of people and behind closed doors as well. Cause us to lead holy lives. God, that we wouldn't mar our witness and destroy our witness with people because we participate in the sins of the world. God, for the people who need set free, free them tonight just as your word says. God, I pray that you would raise men and women up to fight this good fight of faith, to fight this good fight of faith, to keep hold of the faith and to be witnesses to preach righteousness in this earth. God, give us preachers of righteousness. Give us preachers of holiness who will rail against sin, who will tell people sin is sin, right is right, and wrong is wrong. I don't care if the government sanctions it. I don't care if the education system sanctions it. If it's sin, it's sin according to the word of God, and we've got to get out of it, and we've got to stay away from it. So God, right now, I pray that you give boldness to your people, that we will step out in faith, and this week, we'll begin to tell people about Jesus Christ, that we'll begin to warn them that there's a real hell, and there's a real rapture that's coming, and you're not going to want to be here when things shake down after the rapture, and the judgment of God falls on this earth. God, give us people. Give us people who need to be saved. Put them in our path this week. Put them in our path this week so that we can tell people about Jesus so that we can bring some people along to heaven with us. God, I pray this week that we'll realize that the enemy is coming against us. There's a real war we're in. We can't see the enemy. It would be different, God, if we could see the enemy coming at us with weapons. We can't see the enemy. So we've got to be sensitive in the spirit. God, help us to be sensitive in the spirit. This unseen enemy. And God, I plead the blood down over every person at the sound of my voice. Whether they're in this building or watching online, you'll protect them. You'll watch over them and their families. And God, that they'll set guards they'll set watchmen around their homes, God, that they won't let the enemy in because the enemy wants to destroy them and their family. Help us to fight this good fight of faith. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Faith Talk podcast. If you would like to connect with the host, you can do so on Facebook at Caleb Schaefer Ministry on Instagram at Caleb underscore Schaefer or by visiting www.calebschaefer.com Be sure to check out Caleb's worship albums on iTunes, Amazon Music and wherever digital music is sold or streamed. If you've been encouraged today, please share this podcast with your friends and loved ones. May God bless you and remember to tune in next week for another episode of the Faith Talk Podcast.